Welcome to Framework Leadership, a podcast about principles and ideas you can use today to make your leadership uh, stronger and better. Take it to the next level. You know, we're exclusively now part of the SEU Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ken Engel, president of Southeastern University. I'm excited to introduce our co-host for today's uh, podcast, Sadie Robertson-Huff. Sadie, it's, uh, is, of course, if you know anything about her, she's a New York Times bestselling author, speaker, reality TV star, a prominent voice for Next Generation. Sadie, it's an honor to have you on the show. Thank you. An honor to be here. Thanks for having me. Always a privilege to uh, have guests to come in and invest in our students. And so appreciate you coming to the Lakeland campus. And you're going to be with all of our students tonight. And that's going to be an exciting exciting time. You know, today's podcast, I want us to focus um, our conversation on, you know, empowering uh, the next generation of young leaders. Great. Um, you know, you I, I know you have a lot of conversations uh, with uh, students and, and every day I get that privilege and you know they want they they want to feel valued, they want to feel significance, mm-hmm. they they want to to make a difference. And mm-hmm. um, and you have a great voice for that. Uh, Thank you. And I know over the past years, uh, you've risen as one of the more prominent voices in um, in your generation. And you've you've had the privilege and honor to share the platform with a lot of Christian leaders. And, and you know, Louis Iglio, Christine Kane, Tim Tebow. You've been one of the speakers for the Passion Conference. The reality is this: when you speak, there's no doubt people are listening, and you. Thank you. Um, you connect in a pretty unique and special way, and mm-hmm. and God has blessed you in, in that way. I'm sure that that your rise to influence has been full of a lot of wins, um, but I'm sure there's been a lot of lessons learned on the sure. on the journey. Uh, how, how, talk about that journey and and the platform that you now have the privilege to to really uh, utilize mm-hmm. to to have impact. Yeah. For sure. It's definitely been a journey, um, and God has been so good and gracious because this journey would have scared me so badly. I don't even know that I would have stepped one foot into it had it not been God and just leaning on His Spirit and trusting Him with what He was doing. Um, but yeah, you know, it's funny. It definitely had some falls. My grandpa, he's the best. He's so funny. And my mom's dad, he's like constantly reading articles and sending them to us. And one article he sent us, he said, okay, this is a school project for all the grandkids. And he said, uh, this is 22 ways to be successful in life. I want you to pick the one that you want to focus on and you have to present it to the family. And there was a point in there that I took and it said, for those who fall in public, they get up twice as fast. And I was like, now that is good advice I'm going to take. And I've really taken that over the past few years because anytime you do anything in the public eye, you know, when you fall, it's in front of a lot of people. Sure. And that's just a general rule. If you fall in front of one person, you're going to get up a lot faster. Right. But if you right. fall in front of a lot of people, you're going to get up a lot faster. And so, you know, I think I've had a lot of accountability in my life, not just with my family and my friends, but the world has sure. watched. And so there's an accountability in that sense. But the journey has been huge. So yeah, years ago, after my family show had hit and Dancing with the Stars happened and my life had just taken this dramatic turn, I remember just asking the Lord, like, God, what are you doing? Because this scares me. I don't know what to do with this fame or whatever. And around that time, I went to a conference. And when I went to that conference, um, there was a woman speaker. And I'd never seen a woman speaker, actually. Uh, the church I grew up was very traditional, and I just hadn't seen that modeled. And 
when I was watching her at 17, I was like, that is the coolest thing ever. I was like, she is just walking in so much authority and just confidence and speaking scripture and, and it's hitting me and it's empowering me. And I thought, man, like this words that she's saying is active and alive. That's what the Bible says. And so maybe like I should use my influence and start saying words that matter. And the only words I could think of that really mattered and that had the power to change somebody's life was the Bible. So I started sharing Bible stories on YouTube in different spaces. But I do remember the first time um, Louie and Shelly asked me to speak just at their church. And I had never preached before, spoken like that. And I remember telling Louie, are you sure? Like, <laughs> I mean, like, I don't even know how to do that. And they were like, yeah, like, I remember them telling me that they really trust God in me and that it could be such a unique voice. It's so cool that I'm speaking to my own people, not talking down at them, really just right, directly right. talking to them because I am I get it. And um, in that preparation to speak at that church, God just did so much in my heart. But I remember seeing the lineup for their college nights and it was like, Christine Kane and Rich Wilkerson Jr. and me. And I was like, how in the world is my name right there? Because these are people I listen to. Like, I don't know how I'm going to add anything to the conversation, but God's been so good. And I mean, truly, He says this to people in the Bible. He's like, you just open your mouth and I'll give you the words. And I feel like God has really done that. Yeah. I think He does that for everybody if you're listening and yeah. you're obedient to Him and willing to step into it. And that's just kind of where my story went. Yeah, and and it, again, I mean, it's it's always amazing. God, you know, of course, knows how He wants to use use us in a significant way. So He does allow the the journey to prep us and prepare us. So as you look back over uh, that journey to fame, so to speak, and 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 you were a reality TV show, you know, on on the reality TV show, and then you were on Dancing with the Stars. Can you look back at those experiences and and see? influence maybe that you had in those roles? Mm -hmm, for sure. For Talk sure. a little bit about that. Yeah. When I look back, I definitely see what God was doing. And I see, you know, in any circumstance, like God calls us, Jesus says, be the light of the world. Right. And not the kind of light that you put under a stand, put it on top of the stand, so it lights up the whole house. And so I remember being on Dance with the Stars and a judge made a comment like, you have such a light about you. And like in those moments, you see like, man, God, like you really positioned me in a place to be the light of the world. And he positions all of us to be in a place no matter where we are. But my favorite verse has always been Hebrews 10, 35. It says, so then do not forget the confident trust you have in the Lord for to be richly rewarded. And I've taken that because what it does for me is it's like, I don't have to be confident in myself or my ability in a moment, but I can be confident in you, God. Right. That would be rich rewarded. And when I look back at Dancing with the Stars, the same nerves that I felt when I was sitting on top of a birthday cake about to dance to <laughs> Birthday by Katy Perry, and I was quoting in my mind, I will not forget the confident trust I have in you, God, because I know you placed me here, is the same thing I feel when I walk on stage at Passion. And I'm like, this is so much bigger than who I am. I don't know how to step into this moment, but I have confident trust in you, God, that you will speak through me. And so I definitely see God preparing me uh, way before where I'm at now. Let me ask you this, because often uh, when you you have opportunities like you have, it's so easy to, wow, look look at you know what's there and all. But you have such a powerful humility about you, mm. and 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 I think that is what what creates a sense of 
wanting people wanting to listen to you because of your authenticity, but your humility. What do you? What would you say to the next gen generation about humility, mm. um, and and how important that is in in in, in a person's life, yeah. especially following Christ. Humility, it's huge. And I remember even whenever God was putting me in these platforms and I would just get on my knees and say, God, I humble myself to exalt your name. Like I humble myself to exalt your name. If I have to walk up here and have people laugh at me, but you'll get the glory, then God, let them laugh. And just stripping back like myself, my image. I mean, that's why I wear the school sweatshirts that I speak in because I never want it to be about me because it's so, I know it's not about me. Like I know it has to be about God because again, if it was on me, if it was about me, I wouldn't do it. It would scare me to death. I don't like like doing stuff like this, but I love doing it for the Lord. And so I, I think for me and humility for anybody, especially for younger generation, like if you... If God has changed your life, if you know God has changed your life, you have gone from an old self to a new self. Right. You know, you don't want to dwell on the old self because you're clothed in the new self. So walk in it. But there's something about having the, like remembering the old self for the sake of knowing I who I was without Christ and who I am in Christ, Christ. is yeah. so different. And so when I think about who I was before Christ, my old self, I'm like, I couldn't do this. I was so ridden with anxiety and insecurity and and wrong relationships and didn't have a sense of worth like I do now. But who I am in you, God, allows me to step into what you're calling me to and be confident and speak with authority and speak with passion, not care what people think about me. And so I see the contrast in my own life that God's done, which just birth forth humility because yeah. how could you boast in yourself when you know God's done the whole thing? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Powerful. You know, you're such an encourager and, um, you want to be known. I know you want to be known as, as an encourager to, to, to people in a world full of, uh, well, cancer culture, you know, um, and criticism, uh, and, you know, people just going after each other. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it can be difficult to find the encouragement to push through Mm -hmm. a lot of the hardship. Uh, Talk about what being an encouragement means to you. Mm -hmm. That's good. I I always love being an encourager. I will say, like, Christian and I the other night were talking about what we would be if we could be anything and, like, you know, just have a random, a different random job. And I said I would want to be a life coach. Like, I like encouraging people. I like motivating people to be a better version of themselves or to step into the fullness that they have. That's kind of always been what I'd like to do. Um, And I think it's important because the Bible talks about how, like, our tongue holds the power of life and death. So what we're saying, it's either tearing people down and leading them down a path of death, or it's bringing life and sparking life. And that's one of the coolest things, I think, being a public speaker is to get to share something and look out and see somebody receiving life. It's like you see people like they get it. They're hearing Jesus and all of a sudden they're standing up and they're worshiping. And it's like, you just watch these words bring life to somebody. And so I think in this culture, it is so important that the church is speaking life and that we're encouraging and that we're, you know, prophesying in the sense of calling people right. to the best of their potential, what God right. gave them. Um, and we do live in a cancel culture and that's hard. And so being in that culture, we need the church to speak life and life abundantly. But yeah, it is hard. And I think for me, part of that cancel culture to speak to that for a minute like 
I think it is hard because there's so much negativity coming at you, but I do think it is on you to guard your heart and guard your mind and your soul. And sometimes like if Instagram is hating on you, delete the app. Like, you know, like you actually have to not let those voices be louder than the ones in your life or your own husband, your own family, your own friends, your own pastor, your own people. And I think sometimes that's our fault is that we let people who don't know us be our source of truth Mm -hmm. instead of the Bible and our family and our friends. And I think that's why we cancel ourselves out instead of letting people speak life into us who actually know us. Yeah. Yeah. How, how would you, what would be some practical steps uh, you would, you know, could encourage and for young people to be empowered to step into roles of Mm -hmm. encouragement? What, what are a couple things they could do even, you know, like on a daily basis to to do that? I think it's so cool because what I love being an encourager is it's such a contrast to what the world sees. And it is so funny because my friend group is the most encouraging group of people ever. Like you go sit with any of the 10 of my closest friends and you'll leave feeling like, man, you you can go fulfill every God dream that he's ever put on your heart because they're just encouraging people. And I'm used to that now. But it's funny because when I'm with somebody, I can tell that has not been encouraged. I, it's so funny because I'll, I'll say something like, man, you are so beautiful and God is going to use what you have. And they're like, wow, thank you. <laughs> I don't know how to take that. Like, and they get so awkward right, and uncomfortable. Right. Like, we don't even know how to receive encouragement. And I think that sometimes that awkwardness um, keeps us from speaking life over somebody or telling them something encouraging. But I always say this, five seconds of awkward can save you from a lifetime of regret. And that wow. goes in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Sometimes it's five seconds of saying no to something that you know you need to say no to. And sometimes it's five seconds of saying, hey, you know what? God's going to use you. Whenever it might be an awkward moment and the person might not know how to receive it, your job is just to speak it. And so I think, you know, practically, if you see somebody literally doing the smallest thing, somebody could see a piece of trash on the floor and go throw it away. And you could walk up and say, hey, that was really cool what you did. Thanks for taking care of our our." our school body like that. That was, that was awesome. It's those little things. Somebody, you know, clearly showing up and wearing something that was a little nicer and just saying, Hey, you look great today. Um, what, what's God been doing in your life? You seem super joyful. Those are the kind of things that just bring life to people and change people's day. You know, just like you, if you're at a drive-thru and somebody says something kind to you, you're like, that was so nice. Like Chick-fil-A is so encouraging. (laughs) And so I think those are some practical ways. Yeah. No, that's good. You know, because of the way that, um, you know, you live your life, there are young women all over the world that definitely look to you as a role model. And, and you're paving the way for younger women to bring insight and, and definitely bring influence mm-hmm. to their context, to where they are. What would you say to the women that are feeling overlooked mm-hmm. and unappreciated right now? Yeah, that's good. You know, I think, I think for us, and I'm kind of talking about this later tonight, it's easy for us to feel underlooked or overlooked when we're comparing ourselves to how much everyone else is getting attention right, or liked. Right. And it's so easy to do that on Instagram and social media, Twitter, Facebook, whatever it is, because you literally can compare how liked you are, how followed you are, how popular you are to somebody else. And then you can even compare how liked you are from yourself in another picture that you posted. So there's so much comparison. And if you allow yourself to dwell on that, it will strip you from your true worth and your value and knowing how much you are worth, you know, compliments or 
just true like value in your life because you're looking at everybody else. But if you let God's word be your value, be what makes you feel seen, be what makes you feel known, be what makes you feel loved, then you truly won't struggle with that insecurity. And I didn't say that confidently because it's, you know, kind of a shocking thing to say to somebody that you won't struggle with insecurity for a girl because they're like, oh, I always struggle with insecurity. And I'm like, no, you really won't if you take God's word as your truth. And if you take that as something that he personally means to you, um, instead of allowing how liked you are, how followed you are, how popular you are based on what somebody beside you is. Yeah. Yeah. What would be your biggest, uh, uh, piece of encouragement for women who are wanting to pursue and accomplish their dreams? Yeah, that's good. Go after that. It's great. I mean, I say go for it. I say, you know, to anybody, start doing it now. You know, I think a lot of people wait until they're in a, you know, they think that they're going to wait until they get the position or they have the platform or they, you know, finally get the followers to fulfill this dream that they have. But I think part of a dream, especially that God puts in you, is something you can do anywhere, you know? And if one day it comes with a platform or it comes with a following or it comes with a certain job title, then that would be great. But I don't think God puts purpose in you that is to like dictated by whether you get this or that. It's like he put purpose in you to do now. And so, you know, when people ask me how long have I been speaking and I'm like, well, really not that long, but actually like in eighth grade, I had a Bible study and I was doing the same exact thing. So, you know, I can look back and see that I've been doing this my whole life. I was preaching on my little countertop to my family at five years old. We have it on video. It's really what God's put in me. And you could probably say the same thing about your dream, that God has put the skills in you or the ability that you have in you. And you've seen it throughout your whole life. It didn't just happen when you became the president or when you became this. And so for people who are pursuing their dreams, just don't wait until it looks like the fullness of your dream to start actually practicing the skills that God put in you. Yeah. Yeah, stepping into that. And that's, I mean, that's actually, you know, Ephesians 2.10 is is really our theme verse here at Southeastern. You know, you're a masterpiece awesome. created in Christ. But to do what? To do some amazing things, to do good works. Awesome. And, and and when you step in and realize, as you said, wow, that you have been uniquely designed to do mm-hmm. something amazing. There's something about just stepping into the opportunities that come, whether they're in just in a moment or in a day or, you know, mm-hmm. you know it's just, it's a, it's a neat thing. Um, I want to ask you about uh, the book that you released in 2018. Uh, great book, Live Fearless, A Call to Power and Passion and Purpose. Uh, talk to us about why you wrote that book. Yeah. So, you know, it's funny. People see a book like Live Fearless and they're like, oh, you're fearless. And like, Well, you can't write a book called Live Fearless unless you've dealt with fear. <laughs> like, sure. Fear was a huge part of my story. Um, for years, I was just gripped by anxiety, um, just really dealing with it. And you know, people would say, what are you scared of? And it wasn't that. It wasn't that I was scared of something and necessarily. It wasn't like I was like scared of spiders and I was just so scared of everything. It was just like this internal fear. Like I was waking up afraid. I never felt safe, even though I was in super safe environments. And I think it was because my life just seemed very out of my control, which it was, and which we all have to realize that it is. And I think I wanted it to be in my control. And I had to finally surrender that to God and say, okay, I give this to you because I understand this is not mine to carry. 
But fear in the sense of like it presents itself through anxiety attacks and panic attacks and saying no to things I should have said yes to and yes to things I probably should have said no to and all the things. And so I got to a place where I just got so fed up with fear. I was like, I'm so tired of living my life saying no to things because I'm afraid doing things and missing the whole moment because I'm just thinking in the back of my head of the worst case scenario and all these different things. And I was like, God, like your word says, like, do not be afraid so many times but like it's so hard for me to just not be afraid then I started realizing like God doesn't just give you this command it's like don't be afraid good luck he's like don't be afraid because I am with you and when you realize the power behind that I am with you that the great I am is with you and you learn the Bible and you get to know who is with you then fear starts to get really small when your faith rises in God then your fear gets really small and so I wanted to write a book to people because I feel like our generation, we're very comfortable saying that we're afraid. We're very comfortable saying we struggle with anxiety. It's almost like a trendy thing. And I'm like, we should not be comfortable in that. We shouldn't stay in that. Like, yes, it's okay that you've struggled with fear, but don't you want to get out of that? And through God's word, you can. So I wrote a book just packed with scripture and personal stories of God really getting me out of that grip of fear. And, and, from a practical standpoint, so when when fear comes, what's what's the first thing you do immediately? Just start. Yes. Yeah, so uh, back in the day, it's actually funny. I have a tattoo that says "fearless" right here because I used to like start grabbing my hands and I just start getting like all the nervous tendencies, and then I would get to the point where I feel like my throat was closing. I, mean, I had so many dramatic moments. I would like drive to the emergency room thinking I was like dying. <laughs> They'd be like, "You have anxiety," and I mean, fear was so real to me, and and it is real, but it's crazy because it's actually not you know like it it feels real and there is a spirit of fear that is very real but what you're telling yourself is happening is not happening and so you have to replace it with truth and so now I replace it with truth. If I have a crazy thought, because here's the thing, God has totally taken the grip of a fear. And yes, he is so good and faithful and, and he's there in the presence of any time I feel fear. That doesn't mean I still don't get afraid. I still have moments of fear when anxiety comes back or whenever I have a moment that I get a little anxious. But in those moments, my response to it is so different than what it used to be. It doesn't get to win anymore. Now I'm like, no, in Jesus' name, right, you have covered right. this. I trust you, God. Yeah. Whatever I'm thinking is not true. The truth is that I have victory in you. And yeah. so when you replace it, there's a confidence that comes from yeah. that. Oh, that's good. Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. If you're a driven professional striving to expand your leadership and pack change at any level of your organization, Southeastern University's online master's degree in leadership is definitely for you. This program provides you the opportunity to learn in the context of entrepreneurship, nonprofit leadership, research, or organizational leadership. You can apply today at seu.edu slash apply. That's seu.edu slash apply. Welcome back as we move into the fire round and close out our conversation. What a great conversation today. I want to ask you a few practical questions surrounding uh, what we have talked about. And I want you to give kind of that instinctual answer for each question, kind of that what's right there on on the top of your mind and and heart. So here we go. First question, what does discipline mean to you? I say consistency, you know, consistently showing up and doing your job and even being consistent when all your friends want to go do something else and you're like, no, I have to be disciplined to what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. 
That's good. Here's the second one. How do you become a leader who consistently produces results? Good. I mean, for me, I have to consistently go to the source. If I am just reading the Bible to share it with other people, I'm going to run out. But if I'm reading the Bible to truly speak to my soul, the overflow of what's going to come from that in any moment. I'm like, I know, I know it's going to come out because it's in me. So consistently feeding yourself. What, uh, here's question three. What is the one character trait that you believe this generation needs to embody? I think we talked about this earlier, but humility. Yes. I really do. I think if a generation would be humble and be teachable, yeah. then we'd be a lot better off. That's great. Final question. What advice would you give someone right now who is going to step into ministry leadership or any kind of leadership? It's good. I would, again, so be teachable. You know, yeah. for me, whenever I stepped into this, I had no idea what I was doing. So I surrounded myself with so many people that I saw doing what I wanted to do and asked them a million questions. And they were so patient with me and so kind. And I look back and half the things I say are probably things that were spoken into me and over me. And so just be teachable and put yourself in places to learn. Yeah. Final message to this generation that you have on your heart right now. Well, that's good. You know, I think what I'd say to this generation is we have a lot of content coming at us. You know, we have a lot of content coming from social media, and we also have a lot of content coming from the church. And while content is great and it can be encouraging, um, it's so important that you also are going to the Word itself, and you're actually reading the Gospel, and you're actually reading the life of Jesus and the letters of the New Testament and the Old Testament. And because, you know, if you hear a five-minute Instagram thing that says, God loves you and you're amazing, that might be good and true, and it is true, and that might last for five minutes, but go read the Word. Those things last for eternity. And I think we need to make sure that we're still individually pursuing our relationship with Christ and not just collectively. And so I would just encourage students and this generation, again, be teachable, be willing to learn, be humble, and just dive into the Word, devour it. And you'll see your life dramatically change. Yeah. It's definitely a journey that uh, every day you have to be committed to. For sure. That's, that's great. Hey, Sadie, I, I want to thank you, man. What a fascinating conversation today and great, great insights and encouragement. Thank you for joining me today on Framework Leadership. I'm thankful for the insight on what you are sharing and how you're proclaiming truth to mm-hmm. this next generation. For all of our listeners, I hope that this conversation has empowered you to be positive, to uh, yes. change this world. Uh, to stay connected with Sadie, you can follow her on social media, Legit Sadie Rob. Yes. I got it right. All right. <laughs> Subscribe to her YouTube channel, Sadie Robertson Huff, or listen to her podcast. And I love the whoa, that's good. <laughs> Did I say that right? Well, that's, right. Good. that's good. All right. That's uh, all uh, for today's episode. We'll see you next time on Framework Leadership.